you know, I, I look at nonprofits a little bit differently. I don't ever think about sustainability. I never think mm -hmm. about exit. We look for the cracks in the system. I don't believe I should be going in and like changing like policy on literacy in the at at right. at the governmental level on the national level. I'm looking for the cracks, the the few schools that need libraries, that need yeah. additional teacher training, that need additional literacy programs for their children. All right, so Welcome back, everybody. Rich Brubaker, mission-driven entrepreneur, and Tom Stater, founder of Library Project and Nonprofit Insights. We are here on episode 11 of the Mission Driven Podcast. Spent the last 10 weeks talking through some of the core issues that we, you know, have over the years and you know, the last couple of months been hammering through on what are core to successfully launching a new mission-driven organization, for-profit, non-profit, didn't really matter. The idea was like, these are the 10 fundamental topics that we thought were, were fundamental to getting your idea off the launch pad. Like we assumed that you already had an idea, but we haven't formulated to a formal mission. You haven't thought about cash flow. You haven't thought about your pilot. You know, we were just covering the basics. We did as well as we could. Uh, we will talk a little bit uh, later on about reflections of this process and where we're taking this going forward. But you know, as a starting point, I have a question from Omini Victoria Wong, who I actually, I met the day after, I think that she left this comment. And it was a very simple comment, which was something I think that we can kind of leverage off of as, as a conversation for like looking back on the last 10 episodes. And the question was, could you talk a little bit more about maintaining the sustainability of nonprofit organizations? You know, suppose in an ideal world that the nonprofit is set up to you know, work on or actually resolved, you know, what should they do? Because their, their, their organizational services are no longer needed. So should a nonprofit therefore strive for that goal, I put themselves out of business from the beginning, or should they be, be more adaptive with the mission, expand their services to ensure their sustainability? Whenever I hear the word sustainability or sustainable, the, the first question I have for anyone that asks that is, what's your individual definition of mm. sustainable or sustainability? And then I'll answer your question. Yeah. Um, because I find that uh, it's just like a catch-all. It's almost like a meme right now. Everything has to be sustainable. Mm. And, and to be completely honest, your organization is probably not going to be sustainable. All right? Like your, your mission is probably not going to be sustainable. It's going to take non-stop mm. work maintenance to be able to keep your organization financially afloat programmatically afloat um there is no like you're just going to create a process and the thing's just going to go yeah no that's not how a company's work right. life works or an organization so uh, that i find to be it kind of grates on me a bit mm. uh, with regards to sustainability, where there's this idea that that organizations have to be sustainable. And I don't think I have not figured out how to do that. OK, um, is it even realistic to think that we could solve problems like let's let's separate ourselves from. Yeah, sustainability. of course. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, no, no, I, I, of course, of course, within reason, like, yeah. you know, we, we donate libraries. Okay. Um, we are playing a small part in improving uh, uh, the ecosystem of an elementary school, a rural elementary school. Um, are we changing a child's life? No, mm. we're not. I, I, I don't believe that. Yeah. Are we solving a finite problem that supports rural children's literacy, rural children's education, children's education, teacher training? Right. Yes, of course we are. Is it saving the world? Mm -hmm. No, but it's the aggregate of society and the aggregate of all nonprofits on the planet and all yeah. people on the planet doing good things that have improved or has improved yeah. uh, literacy globally from the beginning of time. Are the best organizations at doing that, do they set themselves up to solve the problem constantly? A lot of people set up the organization to maintain its position and over the long term, maybe by doing that, not solving the problem. Like, like, like we started out donating libraries to orphanages, mm -hmm. right? There's a finite amount of orphanages in China. All right. Um, at the same time, China did a, a great job of improving their orphanages mm -hmm. over the short term. Yeah. Now we then pivoted to solving rural children's literacy at elementary schools. There are more elementary schools yeah. than orphanages. Right. But over the past 15 years, elementary schools have been improving. So we have improved our teacher training for literacy regarding libraries mm. in the classroom setting. Yeah. That is how we've stayed... We keep reflecting on our mission. Our mission has not changed that much. Right. We've adapted it. We've changed a word here and there over the past couple of years. Yeah. We've maybe taken out orphanages and put in community centers or whatever, what have you. Yeah. But, it, but the mission is core. And so when we reflect back and we say, when a donor asks us, you know, can we donate basketball hoops to a school? That's not our mission. I'm kind of curious. I'm going to play a little well, bit of devil's advocate here. Like, you know, a healthier kid learns faster, more confident. Well, okay. I'm going to give you two examples. Yeah. All right. Two examples. One where we've, where we walked away and one where we changed. Yeah. Okay. Um, where we walked away was a global fitness company came up to us and said, Hey, we want, you to donate fitness libraries. And I said, well, what's a fitness library? And they said, well, we don't know. You're the library people. You figure it out. Mm. So we went back and we, we did some research, some R and D. We thought about it. We put together budgets and we came, we then walked up to them and said, I'm really sorry, but like, we're not the right organization. Right. For you. We're just not like, you should be working with right to play or some other organization in China. Um, and we're okay with that. Because then they came back to us a couple years later and donated reading yeah. libraries. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, and that's good. Right. Um, and we're stronger because of it. Now, where we did change was, as an example, with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Schools were closed. Yeah. For months. Kids were not going to school. 
So we adapted and we created what I like to call, what, what they call, uh, my, my team calls, children's um, literacy bags. And that was a big innovation for us. First on cost, our school libraries cost between $900 and $6,000. Right. And these literacy bags, these, these home libraries cost $15. Okay. And we fundraised locally in the communities that we were donating the libraries yeah. to and internationally. And with the other ones, we, the larger ones, we, we went to larger uh, yeah. cities to fundraise. You know, so, you know, and, and that's, and that's kind of adapting. It's changing. Like it's, it's staying true. It's, it's yeah. keeping the course for your mission, mm -hmm. staying true to your mission, but also adapting to the realities. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because yeah. like for volunteering, I never believed it was the solution or it would deliver the solution. Like if you're lucky, what you're doing is you're inspiring people to find the next step into that path. And then maybe they will, as individuals, deliver the solution through technology, you know, more programming, a donation, supporting a charity that actually is very focused on this issue. And they can kind of help build capacity just another way. Like I always call myself a gateway drug to the solutions, yeah. right? Like here's an introduction. It's like a first date. It's like speed dating. If you want to be like, you can just try and try and try until you find that thing. And so no matter how big we ever got, I never viewed ourselves as the solution. I never saw ourselves as having an end. There was always groups that needed volunteers or needed the, the time or the space, the attention or, or something like uh, the community engagement and our platform it was supposed to grow and scale and sustain great word. Um, you know, as the issues may or may not change as the partners may or may not open, close scale on their own, like, you know, a hospital network grows. Okay. We, we replicate, but then also through technology, we're doing a completely different way of scaling, like through teacher training and through, through other empowerment mechanisms. So it's like, we have these abilities to deliver tools over the long term. I think the only way that I was hoping when it came to the sustainability of the organization was we get a little bit smarter about how to deliver more with less, right? Like remove the pressure, not just from funding, but also from team, also from project innovation, also like, you know, using technology more or using process more that allowed you to just get a you know higher amount of impact for every input and that would also allow you to then i think put more value into the input more thought more care more consideration more time like you know we talk a lot about how you get pulled in so many directions but if you had like actual focus thought into some of these issues like maybe you would actually be able to get a lot farther with you know more focus and so for me that's kind of how i looked at it in terms of you know the sustainability organization obviously it's there but I never wanted it to be there <clears throat> or I never saw it as myself being there forever. Like there's a thousand ways that it could be taken up and scaled across China without my or hands-on's involvement if we did it right. And we've seen a few benefits from that. Like, I guess the one in, that I'll, I'll mention is we heard from a couple of volunteers how they got bored with our platform. So they started their own. Like, awesome. Thank you. 
You know, like we can't do it all. If we can inspire you to do it and be our competitor and the market improves, bingo, right? Um, the other one we talked about was like with the government, like how can we build in the acquisition techniques of like marketing and training, the technology of monitoring and, and better management. If we can help the government do that when it comes to community volunteering, hey, what, what's our function? Our function is it's been served up. And so that's kind of how we, we address the, the programmatic side of it. Um, and I think that comes into how you run the organization as well. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge, you know, I, I think that maybe philosophically we should be building organizations that have an, uh, 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 an expiration date, mm. but that just seems self-defeating. Yeah. Um, I think that why not build a stronger organization that can pivot, yeah. um, that can adapt. Um, it, it's, it, it just seems... But at least for my organization, it's it sounds ridiculous. But I'm sure yeah. there's a there's a test case out there that, that it yeah. makes sense. I, I don't I don't know what that is, but yeah. but I'm sure that there is a a very specific case where you want to build something that eventually is not relevant. I I, I would love to. I but I keep coming is. back down to like the problems that we work within. They're not getting yeah. smaller. Right? They're, no. they're getting bigger. No, they're and, not. You know, okay, let's assume for a second that we have participated in the resolution in China of some of these issues. Well, we've got Bangkok and we've got Vietnam and we have Indonesia. Like, there's always the next place that these things are moving to. And I think from an iteration standpoint, that might be the better way of looking at it from, from, from you and I's perspective. We started in China. We kind of sure. grew geographically as things weren't needed. Like, okay, that's one way, but to think that we're going to eradicate any of these, I kind of gave up on that a long time ago because there's always going to be an up and down somewhere else. And there's always a way to support that. Whether Now, whether or not you're in the center of that, or maybe as entrepreneurs, we pivot to help other entrepreneurs like we're doing now. Sure. You know, again, like you, you've got this tool set, you're using it against an issue or a platform that you understand to add a bit of value. Um, the one thing that I kind of worry about those when people get out of their lanes and they try and do something else, and I'm seeing that all over in China right now, like their their main model is not working, so now they're creeping into other lanes, and that's putting pressure on those people to, you know, maintain their business model, and it's not going so well. And so that's that's the only like concern I have sometimes about sustain at all costs. Like maybe actually you shouldn't be in the market, and you should find something else. Uh, you know, I, I look at nonprofits a little bit differently. I don't ever think about sustainability. I never think mm -hmm. about exit. I never think about like the exit of the organization. It's just not something that I think about. My phil my philosophy of nonprofits is pretty focused on we need to work with government. So this whole non-governmental organization name is kind of ridiculous in yeah. my mind. All right. So we support government. We support government policy. And we look for the cracks in the system. We're not trying to like, I, I don't believe I should be going in and like changing like policy on literacy in the, at, at, right. at the governmental level, on the national level. I'm looking for the cracks, the, 
the few schools that need libraries, that need yeah. additional teacher training, that need additional literacy programs for their children. And those numbers are getting smaller. Mm -hmm. And as they get smaller, it gets more expensive to implement. Yeah. Yeah. When every, when 90% of the schools need libraries, it's really cheap to do it. Yeah. All right. It was a lot cheaper to donate libraries years ago. Yeah. Now our pre-assessment of schools yeah it is really hard to find schools that need libraries right in china it doesn't mean that it's not needed it just means that it's harder to find the schools and when we do find the schools the schools are like thank you yeah thank you for coming Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for for Wait, for, for implementing programs. And, and those costs from are going to keep rising. Yeah. Yes. And and as those costs rise, we have to find donors that need to plug into those. Yeah. And it's a different kind of donor than 15 years ago. It's fascinating because we were just out. We took about a two, well, not two, about an hour drive outside the city to a factory to do a big project today. Now, this would have been a three-hour drive 12, 13 years ago. There was like 600 schools within an hour and a half drive of Shanghai that was still considered Shanghai. Now, there's a few dozen, you know? And there's, there's not that many kids, and the investment by the government has been massive, so that's, they don't need the same things that they did before. But there's always that one that's a 45-minute drive further that's like... <laughs> We've been kind of hiding here. So glad you found us. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And that cost is high. But what's interesting is like making the sell to that to help them has gotten harder yes. because now everyone's like, what are you talking about? All the schools are perfect. The government took care of everything. And yeah. right? so everything changes as these improvements are made, which is phenomenal. Yeah. And and so in my opinion, the maintenance of an organization. Um to answer your question, yeah. uh, uh, if you are maintaining, if you are integral to the maintenance of your organization mm. 15 years in, I would argue that you have not done an adequate job of empowering a team. Yep. Agreed. To, and and Agreed. granted, that team is going to change. Yep. It, you know, people are going to quit. People are going to leave. But there is you need to have had a a simple process in place yeah. that churns that that maintains that churn. And Agreed. so today, um, my organization is having the same challenges that every nonprofit's having right now. Yeah. We're in like 2021 is fundamentally different yep. for us in 20 than 2020 2020 was okay for us financially yeah it was okay for us programmatically 2021 is much harder for us On because sides, right those budgets and, yeah yes those corporate and foundation budgets are more conservative yeah um i'm not saying that they're they're, they're I, I don't know how to define conservative but things are slower things and and i'm not i'm not managing that on a daily basis my team is yeah and they they i plug in every once in a while 
when they need some direction, when they need a, when they yeah. need like an outside opinion, when they need to need someone to like break a, a tied vote, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I um, think it's hard for a lot yeah. of founders though. I mean, profit, nonprofit, I think the need to remain relevant can be a huge drawback on the organization. If the founder hasn't worked out that, you know, they, they need to build the team and they need to elevate themselves constantly so the, the team can elevate itself. And then through that, it's not just growth, it's also stability, it's also new ideas. It's also, you know, you as a founder who obviously would have built an organization that's successful has the ability to then sit back here with the next, like what's the vision for the organization, less so dealing with day-to-day -day HR or day-to-day -day account management or day-to-day -day, like, and I find that a lot of founders whether you're profit, nonprofit, they really struggle with that. And I know, I know I did for years, but now I'm like on the opposite extreme. I am, I sign a few things a month, like, thanks, great job, woohoo. And then I celebrate them on social media. And then I try, but I more fail than success to inspire them to think about the next steps of the organization because they're actually farther ahead than I am, right? Like, yes. <laughs> And so I'm, yeah. I'm constantly that, going, like, well, what's, yeah, what's my role? Like I should be the board member, not the ED. You guys are the ED. It, it, it just takes time. Well, and I think that more than anything, working with you on this, mm. we're, we're two founders, we're two social entrepreneurs. Mission-driven entrepreneurs, it, Tom. Mission-driven mission -driven entrepreneurs. <laughs> um, we are two fundamentally different entrepreneurs, mission-driven entrepreneurs. Um, and, and also to answer the question, you know, it's, you're going to figure it out your own way. You know what I mean? Like you are fundamentally different than us. Like uh, what we take away from 15, 20 years of, 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 of doing what we do yeah. is going to be very different from two other people yeah. and, 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 and yourself, as long as you're helping people yeah. or the world or your mission or whatever at the end of the day i don't really care like just keep doing it I, you know and yeah so i guess yeah to maybe put a finer tip on that i think if the problem still exists you still have a mission and it is then your mission to create a sustainable organization in terms of funding team and product yeah. to execute and if that takes 30 years longer than you thought it would, well, then it just takes 30 years. But be self-aware enough to figure out, am I in the way of the progress? Or am I working too hard to participate in something that I shouldn't be participating in anymore? Like, if you're literally like, you're going to take my library, you know, like, you're, you're like, moving them in the dead of night to, to libraries that said, we don't want one just so you can say like, you hit that KPI and you're relevant. Well, you're in the wrong spot. They've solved the problem. Yeah. They don't need you. Stop being such a hard seller on it. But if you're knocking on doors or people still knocking on you saying, we need what you're selling, then you're still relevant. It's up to you to then create the sustainable organization. And that could be through growth phase. That could be through stability. That could be through you know, the downturn, it doesn't matter, but that's up to you as a founder, I think.
Right, so well, that was a great question, by the way, because it got That's us great. talking, and I like that. Yeah, thank you very um, much. And and, and 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 honestly, I would like to explore that question in much more detail over like a mini series. I think that yeah. it it makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's uh, it, it is the like there is overlap um with founding and yeah. with maintaining, but there's also some core differences. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, just fantastic question. Anything that makes me think I like. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. So thank you, Victoria. Uh, hope that answered your question enough that you'll follow up with some more because um, we always appreciate that. So I, don't know, I think that's a good segue into our second part of the segment, which is the future of this podcast. Um, you know, we start off with 10. We're on number 11. And Tom and I have been working, toiling behind the scenes on a new website, on podcast distribution, like doing all the technical stuff that you read about you, that we know. But from a topic perspective, this is probably where we're having the most fun, spending the most time um, and really hashing through like what, what we want to be talking about going forward. So, I mean, I don't know, Tom, like just reflecting back, um, you know, we start off with the idea of 10. How, how has this really gone for you? Like, what are you, what are you taking away from this process? Because initially we just thought like, oh, we'll just try a couple. Like we wouldn't even, and then, then it was like, well, let's structure it. Let's make it 10. That might've been my idea. Mm. And then it's like, okay, let's. It, it was your idea. Yeah, it was my idea. <laughs> and then like, you know, to kind of like, you know, the future is like, what are the next topics? So I don't know, like what's been your thoughts so far? What are you enjoying? What, what do you want to like accomplish over the next 50 episodes? All right. What I like what, what I wanted going in was I wanted chaos. I wanted to sit down and just talk. Mm. What I got was structure. Um, what I got was a 10 episode arc focused yeah. on the startup phase. And I really like it. Mm. I think that there's enough space in there for chaos and, 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 um, and kind of like an organic conversation, a spontaneous conversation mm -hmm. on rails. And the conversation we had yesterday was me saying, let's put more rails on it. Let's, mm -hmm. let's really uh, focus it even more. So maybe going from 10 to three, 10 to two, 10 to whatever. And then even within that, um each each of those episodes breaking it apart that's i think where i began like that's but i don't know how to do that you right, know what right. i mean i think that you're very good at the at the structure side mm. but three months ago i could never imagine me saying something like that yeah. so that has that has pushed good, me Tom. and 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 i am uh learning yeah. um and 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 honestly i would say that it's been it's been a lot of fun uh especially on that on that side yeah i mean for me the biggest value is actually talking with you and just you know we, we've talked many times why but thank you with structure around topics that we kind of agree upon in advance i think it, it helps because we're getting deeper and deeper into the nuts and bolts and nitty-gritty but you know, when I'm doing the interviews with so many other people, like I'm literally walking and I'm talking about like their business. It's 30 minutes. It's 
I won't say it's superficial. We always get in like one topic or we get halfway through and there's like just tons of questions. And I think what I really like about podcasts, what I like about this conversation, even if you're like, you know, I've got a lot of questions like who are your guests going to be? And I'm like, you know what? I just like talking to Tom because I, we have such a simple, even though we're divergent, maybe in tactics, we have so many similar parallels that we can draw back to. We know each other well enough that it's like, it gets very interesting. It stays very interesting very quickly. Um, I can also tell them, dude, stop it with the ums without being awkward, which is nice. Um, and also, as I um, what do you mean? As I um, <laughs> you know, I think the challenge for me is, I think that the lessons here that I've learned is like how rich this conversation can be. The fact that we've done now ten times forty-five minutes edited hour and a bit, you know, like we have 10 and a just solid conversation about running, starting organizations. And I think the last time I looked at the spreadsheet, it had like 45 topics. Now, obviously not all of them are flushed up. It's like, we have a lot of ideas about other, that just came out of this about what we want to cover or what we think can help or what we think would be interesting. And that for me is like, man, I, you just, you look forward to those conversations because they're not all easy. Like it's not, I think, you know, entrepreneurship's hard, you know, and it, but by talking through some of these things, actually, I'm starting to understand the principles a little bit better. And I'm starting to find a little bit of confidence. And I'm also starting to realize like, man, I didn't fuck up as bad as I thought I did. Like, you know, like you, mm. you just learn to look at things a little bit differently in hindsight, but also from hearing from others. And it, it's a great value. Yeah. You know, I looking back on the topics, um, 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 uh, I, I don't look forward to editing out the ums though. That that's yeah. tough. I can read them on the chart. Now I see it coming across and it goes, boom, boom, um, um, every time. Yeah. And it's, and I, I feel, I feel for you on that. Um, but <laughs> what I would say is on the topic side, I was surprised on my favorite topic and my least favorite topic mm. from the first 10. I thought my favorite topic was going to be the last episode, which was talking about health. Yeah. That ended up being my least favorite. Interesting. Okay. And I don't know why, but in my favorite topic was the most actionable I found, mm. which was the marketing and advertising one. And I, I did, I was not expecting that. Yeah. I was really expecting it to be almost reverse a hundred percent. And it's not to say that the, the mental health one was, you know, uh, bad or, yeah. or, or whatever, but in hindsight, I really enjoyed the more actionable one mm -hmm. um, than the than the uh, than the one that I was really looking forward to. Uh, so my, I don't know why. Well, was this is you wanted that if I remember correctly, you wanted that as episode two or three. You wanted it right off the bat. Yeah, you're like, yeah. hello, are you okay? <laughs> it was like, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I think the wellness one for me, I don't know if it was the most value generating conversation. But I will also say it's probably one of the most, I'll go back to this, it's probably one of the most important conversations because no yes. one really wants to talk about it. I mean, 
you and I both went through burnouts. We went to the ER. We had EKGs. Like it, we went through like sure. the worst ends of the stupidity when it comes to wellness because we weren't taking care of ourselves. And I, I don't know about you, but like I, we didn't even talk like the mental side of like when you're going down that rabbit hole. You know, I didn't have anyone I could even talk to about this stuff when it was happening. I'm like, because you just your confidence just dipping and dipping and dipping, and you know. So by having the conversation and opening up, what I what I appreciate about that conversation is that it will help others in probably ways that are much more valuable than some basic marketing strategies. Yeah. I think that with that one specifically and a couple of others, yeah. it would it 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 would have benefited from opening it up. Mm. You know, taking breaking it up into say three episodes. Yeah. Uh, whereas I think the marketing one was a lot, we could just hammer away at social media and be like, I think that one turned into a social media one. Right. And it was just like, bang, 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 bang. It was, it was tight. It was focused. People walked away with their three to six things mm -hmm. done. Um, whereas the other one, I, I, you know, I do think it, 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 it could have been more, we could have talked for three hours yeah and i think it was really hard to condense it in yeah needless to say i loved it um now what about technology uh how do you feel about the tech like because we started out with clubhouse we thought we're gonna do this on clubhouse <laughs> and we're gonna do a little bit on zoom work. and then and just clubhouse is awful yeah just awful, awful. totally pointless. uh yeah, and it still is, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I guess we're not going to be getting any sponsorship from Clubhouse after that one. <laughs> like I, I think, you know, what if if you're still listening to this this point, I think the interesting thing has been that our average viewer right now is hanging in between nine and sixteen minutes on our on our episodes, with about thirty percent, forty percent finishing the whole thing. So I think from a technology standpoint, we have the microphones, which are really probably the most important piece of this. And the visual, I'm, I'm trying to pay a lot of attention to the editing, the back and forth, keep the momentum yeah. going, you know, keep it tight around 38 to 42 minutes is where we end up usually. Um, we could probably do a live stream at some point uh, where we're actually, you know, we have like five or six other entrepreneurs. We maybe do something like that, but... I wouldn't try and do that for a podcast. I'd try and do that for pure Facebook, LinkedIn, live stream. Let's just have fun. Um, but I'm also going to start waiting for when we start getting more comments about how we can deliver the value better or topics before I start saying yeah. like, okay, Clubhouse was a failure, whatever. We shouldn't be on Clubhouse. You know, we might just not have gotten it right, but maybe we just got to build that community a little bit better and well, and also I think this comes down to like starting. I mean, we were starting something, yeah. uh, talking about starting. Yeah. And so very meta, we very meta, we, uh, some things just didn't work. Yeah. And within three episodes, we were like, we're going to re-record the first episode. Yeah. And we're going to change we're going to pivot subtly yeah in a way that creates a better product and i don't think that's going to change over the next 10 to 20 of these 
easily. Yeah, I think eventually I think we're going to find this like really tight focus that we're going to be good for the next hundred or so. But yeah. but but and I, I can really, see like the more practical episodes people are really happy with, like the five keys to this and like the six things I learned from that. And that's great. I think we just need to balance the, you know, the depth of content with the clicky nature of the internet and, you know, just hook yeah. people in. Um, I also, I, I definitely want to be focused on, you know, building and engaging with a community that's like, look, I got really hooked on your five keys to this. Can you help me with this problem? And then we can drive deeper, you know, in ways mm -hmm. that are immeasurably more helpful to others. Because I think the, the limitations of 38 to 42 minutes is we're talking generically about our own experiences and hoping that resonates or helps or inspires. But, and sometimes it can totally miss. And, you know, because someone's context is so different from ours. Well, I guess the, the balance, and maybe if you're still listening to this, you can help us with this with some comments about how we can balance that. Like, you know, we have to hook people in, but we also have to really satisfy that, that intellectual need. Um, you know, it's, it's a fine balance. I, I think I'm hopeful that we'll find the, the balance over the next, you know, 10, 50, 150 uh, episodes. I've heard people like, it takes 100 before they figure it out. So I'm okay with that. As long as the conversation yeah. is good. One thing that I'm, I am very, very happy about is I, over the years, I try very hard to communicate to people that normal people start organizations, yeah. uh, mission-driven organizations. Normal people do it, okay? It's not all the Richard Bransons of the world that are shooting themselves up in the outer space yeah. writing books about this kind of stuff. It, it's, it's, that's the in my opinion, that's the wrong individual to be looking to Yeah, uh, that normal people don't have that kind of Rolodex, right? That's just fact. Yeah. So what I appreciate about what our conversation is, is that we are projecting normal people doing some pretty interesting things. Yeah. And I think that if more people see that normal people make mistakes, normal people have successes, normal people are doing good things in the world, then more normal people are going to try to uh, create mission-driven organizations and succeed. There we go. Normal people can do interesting things. That's an episode wow. right there. Going in the bucket. All right. I like it. All right, man. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I want to wrap this up and just say, I, I right. hope that the community builds over time. Um, we're, we're just two individuals taking our 15 years of multiple organization experience and trying to help others through inspiration, tips, tricks, tactics, no hacks. We don't believe in hacks, you know, to just move the ball a little bit farther, stay relevant, adapt, iterate, hopefully solve some problems along the way and stay sane because that's it's a lot to get done there's a lot of pressure involved and you know sometimes it takes a community so we hope that you've been enjoying this we hope that you'll continue to enjoy it please remember to like share subscribe bring your friends if you want you know watch parties are always good um and if you have any comments on you know topics that you'd like please let us know we you know we had a couple questions one from victoria we addressed hers we take those as inspiration 
And we hope to take that a little bit further for you. So thank you very much, Tom. It's been a great 10 episodes, now 11. Look forward to the next 500. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Thank you, Richard. Have a good one.